what's up everybody this is an open discussion with c3 films my name is chris and this is cheryl and today we're going to be talking about the marvel movie shang chi if you haven't seen it we are going to be going into spoiler territory spoiler territory here the movie's been out for a little while it came out in theaters first and then came out on disney plus a couple of weeks ago we just saw it on Disney Plus a couple of weeks ago, which is why we're just getting to talk about it. But we're excited to be able to finally talk about this movie that we know that a lot of people enjoyed. And then we get to see how we felt about it. So now that that's out of the way, reminder, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out on Disney Plus and then watch it and then watch us talk about it here. It is worth seeing without having the spoilers so that you can properly enjoy it. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So Cheryl... How so? I know that you're a Marvel fan. I know for a fact you're a Marvel fan, and you like and you like superhero movies. I know you like DC a little bit more, um, but as far as this character goes, this is a character that's not well known even among comic book fans. Most people don't know uh, about the character of Shang Chi. So, for you, how did you feel about this character and this movie going into it, like with no knowledge? Uh, yeah, I'd never heard of him before, um, but I was so excited to see uh, an Asian superhero, um, and I was nervous because I did not want it to be bad. So I'm very happy that uh, they, you know, made a pretty decent film for it. Um, so I, you know, I'm just I feel um, I feel good. Because even though it's not uh, an entirely um, 100% uh, Asian cast, um, it's a pretty good amount. Uh, there's very few uh, people in the movie who are not Asian. So, um, I mean, not that it makes me happy. I'm just excited that, you know, we have something like this come out where, you know, there's just so few of them um, at all, really. Um, it's a very small percentage of films that even have one Asian person in it. So um, to have another one of these uh, come out not too far away from Crazy Rich Asians is just very exciting for me. And it's also, you know, I know it has martial arts, which is very um, commonly associated to um, Asians, but, uh, but this is a little different because it's in the Marvel Universe. So now we're connected to all the other heroes um i feel like they hinted a little bit that uh he's gonna be in the next doctor strange movie possibly um seems like it uh and then we had bruce banner at the um at the end in the after credit scenes as well so um it just you know it's connected it's not a one-off it's not gonna only happen once i see that we are going to see shang chi um come up uh again in the future which uh makes me happy i feel like he does he's not as strong as a character as the uh, black panther universe um and those characters um it's definitely like a lot smaller of a character but i'm glad we have one in there so i um in general like just overall um happy and pleased that we have this movie yeah, and it's interesting. So since you brought it up, I'll go ahead and talk about that real quick. So you're talking about as far as him being um, as strong of a character as Black Panther, and I think you just mean like from um, notoriety standpoint, like not that people, many people know about. There's more people that know Black Panther than Shang-Chi. 
Um, but now, as far as just talking about the character itself, uh, or himself, I actually think that Shang-Chi is a little bit more interesting in his own movie than T'Challa was in Black Panther. They made T'Challa a very, he feels, for lack of a better term, a very bland, kind of blank slate of a character. It's, there's not, like, when you think about the character of T'Challa, you can't really think about anything that makes him stand out as far as, like, his personality or what he likes, what he doesn't like. Um, he doesn't feel, he doesn't really leave that much of an impression. It's the characters that are around him that leave more of an impression, like Okoye and M'Baku. Like, these are characters that are act actually more interesting than the main character himself. And I feel like with Shang-Chi, they did a better job of not having that happen again. Shang-Chi is still surrounded by a cast of characters that are also very interesting, like his sister, um, like Katie. These characters have other things going on with you know his sister being abandoned and having to teach herself martial arts because her father wouldn't train her. Katie being an Asian American that doesn't fully speak the language and what struggles and challenges that makes it that makes for her um having to face in her regular everyday life so like these are all the characters that are interesting but shang chi still has something about himself that also like stands out and that's interesting one of the things that i liked most about him was the fact that when he was told to go and do the evil thing of killing somebody he lies about it and makes it seem like he didn't do it but then near the end of the movie you find out he actually did so for me, that gives him more character. It means that he did something that was wrong, and then after he did it, he decided to change his ways, and that's what led him to become the person he is today. But that adds texture and depth to that character. So in that way, I would actually say that I think the character of Shang-Chi is just a little bit more interesting than the character of T'Challa for Black Panther. Yeah, they definitely gave him uh, more of an arc because, you know, he, he does already know martial arts, but then when you first meet him, he's basically doing the bare bones of being alive, which is just, um, you know, having, uh, you know, not a very, like, prestigious job, especially for an Asian person. Um, they're... Uh, I guess, you know, like for, for us as Asians, we are like expected to do, you know, like an office job or a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. Um, but he's a valet and his friend Katie is also a valet and they just do that. He lives in a garage in San Francisco. So, you know, he's, he's starting at like the bottom basically. Um, and then by the end of the movie, he's a full on hero. So they gave him a really big arc. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why he he seems more interesting um, as opposed to um, Black Panther, where he doesn't really have too much of an arc. He he basically is already in towards the end of his arc when we right. when we first see him. Right. His his arc more more comes from the. Um, the villain, basically, the villain convincing him that he's wrong. That's that's the change that Black Panther makes, um, which is still an arc, but it's definitely not the same level as it is for Shang Chi, um, and even just feeling him coming from like the bottom and going up, right? Because he's already like king at the start. T'Challa's already king at the start of Black Panther. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and there's a lot of good things that are happening throughout the movie. Um, you know, I I don't want to compare it so much with Black Panther, but one other thing that Black Panther and Shang Chi do have in common is that they have relatable villains. I think Black Panther was one of the first movies that had a genuinely relatable villain that people like loved and understood. And I think Shang-Chi continues that trend in Marvel movies with uh, Wen Wu. Um, his father. Yeah, because uh, Shang-Chi's father, his motivations are very understandable. And even when I hear him talking, when I was watching the movie, what he was saying sounded reasonable to me. It's a story about a man who is dealing with grief. And... You could say that maybe it's a little cookie cutter of like the man who was an evil person that met the woman that changed his life and he changed his life for her and then she dies and he becomes evil again. But the added thing to this that makes it stand out more to me is that the overall plot of the movie isn't about destroying the world because he's angry or anything else like that. His motivation is strictly related to trying to rebuild his family, and he feels like the only way he can do that is if he saves his wife, who he believes is imprisoned in this magical land. And so, from his perspective, like, we know by later on in the movie that he's being lied to, but from his perspective, he doesn't know that. So, he's not actually doing anything wrong, and all of his motivations are technically based in love. And I think that that's really cool because when he asks his children to help him, my first thought is, yeah, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because, like, at the very beginning, I actually knew that he would be the villain, obviously, because, you know, they they introduced him as a villain. But then, um, and I thought he was going to be evil, but he actually isn't, um, especially with that whole love story. Uh, and everything and and so I just felt like almost like there was no villain in the movie and it wasn't uh, like a good guy versus bad guy thing it was um, it's just a conflict of interest basically so there's no yeah. real bad guy except for maybe that um, evil dragon thing dragon thing <laughs> evil dragon squid thing that came out <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah, I really like that, and I, um, I don't know, I, I, I just, his father is actually pretty likable. I really liked his character. I thought he, I felt like he was a good guy, um, you know, very early on in the movie. And I, even though I knew he was going to be the conflict, I could just see like they're already like at the very first um, few scenes of the movie. They're like, oh, there's this bad guy, and he does evil things. And then he fell in love, and he became a good person. But you still know that he's going to be the villain of the movie. Um, but we already like him at the yeah. very beginning of the movie. So uh, it's just it's just such a unique way of doing um, something like this. Especially, you know, for a Marvel movie where, you know, Thanos, right? If you think about Thanos, it's like, okay, Thanos is a, is a pretty bad guy even though he was trying to do something good i guess just in a very yeah (laughs) it's not so black and white um and you know for this movie it was very gray and i really like that 
Yeah, same. I also just found myself laughing um, because when I would hear certain lines that his father would say, because there were times when you understood where his father was coming about coming from. When when his father comes and comes back to see his wife murdered, and then decides to go and take his son with him to watch as he's about to murder the people that had something to do with it. In that moment, I have no problem with what his father is doing. I'm like, yeah, go get them. They just came to your house and just murdered somebody, and they would have murdered your kids too if she didn't plead for their lives. So, you know, this is fine. I'm completely okay with this, even though I know it's leading you down a dark path. Uh, and I also laughed at like the, that line where they're in the, the the magical place, and one of the old the old um, the elders says to him that. We didn't let you in because your sins would have destroyed this place. And um, when Wu looks at the guy and says, watch the way you talk to me, young man. I have lived 10 of your lifetimes. And I just laughed so hard because he call he's calling this old man who has to be like 70 or 80 a young man because he's like a thousand years old. So everyone's a baby to him. And I love the fact that he's still just like, yo. You better respect me. And then the guy shuts up. Respect your elders. <laughs> you better respect your elders. I was like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Say it's more. A, it's a very big thing in the Asian community. Respect your elders. <laughs> right? So, no, he's he's absolutely, like, he's absolutely great as a villain. Um, I was sad to see that he died at the end but I, it makes sense but even in that moment when he does die you see like that recognition in his eyes that he messed up this is he did something wrong and he doesn't fight anymore and he just gives his rings to his son yeah and I, I think I that's mean, great i i feel like he didn't really need to die but then i was also thinking but then how will he you know he would have to remorse and then find a place in the world for himself so that made it hard so then it made sense for him to die um but i also felt like he didn't really need to he could have still you know been there for his uh kids and um i felt like it, it's so sad for the kids because they lost both of their parents um but you know it i mean it's a movie <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah it made sense for him to die i just didn't feel like he needed to they could have done with it. With, they could have. They could have let him live, but um, but yeah, it, it was definitely very powerful though that he made that sacrifice to save his son, and that was his last thing that he did in his life. So, that's a, that's just really touching. <laughs> and then, what was your? How did you feel about? Um, I mentioned him briefly earlier, but how did you feel about Katie and? Um, I forget his sister's name, but, um, how did you feel about those, those characters? I liked, um, I think they did a good job about making strong female characters. Um, although Katie wasn't very, um, strong, so to say, but she held her own. Um, and when she was in trouble, it wasn't Shang-Chi that saved her, even though he was trying to, it was the sister. So I was like, yeah, 
we don't need a guy to save us. We just need to save each other. <laughs> and then I had a problem with that moment. I had a problem with that moment, though, because the only reason they were even in that situation was because she locked them out in the first place when she ran off with Ronnie Chang and they closed the door. The only reason we were even, they were even had outside on those scaffolding was because the sister ran off and closed the door behind her. So we're actually <laughs> only in the situation because of you. So I'm not saying thank you, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just glad that they didn't do that thing where, I mean, I, I guess they didn't really need to do that where, you know, Katie needed to be saved. But if they're going to do that, I'm glad that Shang-Chi didn't save her and it was someone else and it was a female. So um, I'm like, if you're going to do it, I'm glad you did it that way. So right. that's how I felt. Um, because I saw it coming. I was like, oh, great. He's going to save her. And yeah. But I, but I also quite enjoy the relationship that he has with Katie where it's like there's kind of like a romance but then it's a questionable one like they're not very like uh lovey-dovey they're very like best friends things kind of or you know that kind of way um which i like because i feel like that's more real life it's more down to earth that they are so chummy um yeah. i i mean i don't know if you felt uh, any chemistry there like that there was a romance there um, I do I think they kind of hinted on it a little bit uh, they definitely care very deeply for each other um, maybe it'll develop more in the future but I I just like that um, they didn't have some like uh, I mean Aquafina is like awesome and beautiful in her own way but she's not the typical like hot hourglass um graceful beautiful tall skinny woman <laughs> she felt more um like a regular person that you would see um and like and i thought about like why they casted her as opposed to like someone like Gemma. um i forget her last name Gemma chan Gemma chan um who is like she's drop dead gorgeous uh and like very easily could have been the love interest for Shang-Chi, but wasn't. We have Aquafina. Um, so I really like that as well, that they did that for this movie. Yeah, I'm kind of like in a mixed place with it because I I still kind of hold true to the, the belief that I don't feel like every movie needs a love story. Um, but at the same time, I like what you were saying about how Aquafina feels more like a real person. And it would feel better for to have like one of these larger than life superhero characters basically falling in love with and getting with somebody that feels like a real person as opposed to like a 10 star model because that's what normally happens. But at the same time, I do like the fact that they were just friends, but I also know that Historically, whenever you see a woman who is not seen as traditionally beautiful, she usually does end up as only being the friend role or the comic relief. So I don't know where I fall on it at the end of the day. So I'll just kind of sit back and just kind of see what they do. And then I'll I'll let you know at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did struggle a little bit with that, too, um, because I was like, why are we not having um, like a gorgeous 
like Asian woman being in this movie like they do in all the other Marvel movies and you know I guess you, you could say in all the other movies there's always right. like a drop dead gorgeous woman in the show uh, or in the movie and we didn't really have that and so I felt like are we sending a message that like there just aren't any that are castable um, but I I, it's it's so hard to say because you could always be critical about who is casted and who is represented. So right. um, I'm just g- going to take it as like I like the way Aquafina was uh, portraying the character. I like the relationships. I like how um, strong Katie is and the sister is and Michelle Yeoh. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to know, like, I know that there are, you know, other movies that do that representation. I know they did it a lot in Crazy Rich Asians. So I'm just going to back away from that one and appreciate the casting that they did. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where, that's one of, that's where I kind of end on it too for right now is just like, take the win. We'll just we'll take the win for now, and we'll see where we end up. Um, the other cool thing about this movie that you got to talk about are the the action scenes and the fights, how they're all how they all are choreographed. And um, I know you want to talk about the bus scene, so we'll talk about that in a second. But before that, I want to kind of just talk about how just the martial arts themselves are portrayed on camera. There's a lot of kinetic action with these fight sequences there's this one moment when they're on the scaffolding um when he's on the inside and they're fighting um he's fighting this guy with a knife and he catches the knife out of the air and that was a practical stunt that uh Simulu did himself which is awesome because when you see it on camera it looks great and i kind of wish they didn't show it in the trailer but there's a lot of cool choreography that went into this movie uh, another thing I really like is, I think Kabu said it's Jialang, uh, Jialang, Jialing, uh, maybe it's Jialing, um, but her fight scene with the rope spear, like that's a weapon that I personally love, and I'm even using it in one of my stories, but I don't see that weapon on screen that much. So to see that weapon make an appearance in a Marvel movie with a character that also is not in the comic books was pretty cool to me. I loved seeing the choreography with that specific weapon, the rope spear, um, the spear on one end, and then the ball, the the metal ball on the other. It was just, it was really cool. So I really enjoyed how some of the action scenes played out. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, uh, I have seen um, a lot of, I guess, Chinese dramas and period pieces. that were made in China and uh, Hong Kong and, and such. And it felt like I was, uh, especially at the beginning, it felt like I was watching one of those, which was really nice um, because it just means that they they kept true to the arts of the martials. <laughs> the martial arts. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and I have to say one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when um when uh shang chi's parents meet yeah and and that's because i felt like it's very uh stylized and very um asian drama (laughs) and and i think the um 
the martial arts styles are, um, I mean, I'm not an expert on it, but I could see um, the the mom doing Tai Chi and uh, the dad's style is very, um, like, brute force kind of. It's more yeah. offensive and hers is more defensive. Yeah, and, they're using kung fu, actually. Yeah, like it, they're actually doing real kung fu, basically, real martial arts, and um, and I just I liked how like they showed the two of them falling in love while they were fighting. Like, I really liked that. <laughs> it's very like Chinese drama. They do that all the time, but like they put it in this movie, so I'm like, yeah, I feel so represented. <laughs> I mean, it's great, and they had them speaking Mandarin. Yeah, and they were speaking Mandarin. It was real Mandarin. Uh, I don't know Mandarin, but I can recognize it. So, uh, and I know some phrases I know they were using. And I know there were like parts like I have, I usually have a problem with, you know, um, like the, it making sense for when people are switching between languages. Um, and in this case, they switch between English and Mandarin, but they made it make sense. They made, they, they made it a point for us to understand why they can speak both Mandarin and English. Um, and, and so I didn't have any problems with that, uh, even though I was looking at it with a microscope, if you couldn't tell, because I made note of it and I recognized that they put that effort in there. Right. So what did, let's go ahead and talk about the bus scene now. What did you think, what did you think about the bus scene? And then after we talk about that, I'll tell you what I didn't like about the movie um, so much. Okay, real quick. Um, I really liked that section because, you know, it happens in San Francisco. So again, I feel represented. Um, but like the whole time I was watching the bus scene, I was like, Okay, there was this one moment where the CGI was very, very CGI, um, but it was just that one moment, um, and like, I was like, okay, the, there, when you're driving in San Francisco, I'm sorry, uh, there's, I've, there's no way you're gonna drive for that long on a bus without stopping, no one, like, pulling the thing for a stop, um, and like, I guess the bus driver had headphones and so he couldn't hear what was going on. But like, when you're driving, you use your mirrors, right? So <laughs> there's just a lot of logical problems on there. And I get it's an action scene and it's supposed to be a cool action fight scene on a bus and that's supposed to be really badass and cool and stuff. But like c me being on San Francisco, I'm like, I wish the bus drive that fast to get somewhere. So. <laughs> And then it's yeah. that empty. <laughs> yeah, and there's no traffic anywhere mm -hmm. as well. Um, because reality, you just be going, hitting car after car after car. Yeah. It's funny, too, because it works for a movie, but when you live out in San Francisco, you kind of know the streets that they're on. Because they start up um, by the Fairmont, uh, which is off, which is up on California Street. And like the bus is like going down California. And somehow, and they're, and they're like... A couple of blocks in the city, like not that far from Market Street, and then by the end of the trip, they're by Ghirardelli Square, which is <laughs> by Fisherman's Wharf area, which is a completely different area of San Francisco. And I was just watching it and being like, "How that works?" Yeah. 
which I get. They do that like in movies all the time, right? It's not yeah. it's it's not like they are trying to be true to the geography of, you know. The, right, cuz they um, can't. Yeah, exactly. And like they're just trying to make it look good. And it looked good. It did. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um I just I was maybe because I'm from San Francisco was a little bit removed from it and and the whole time I was just like this is not how bus works. <laughs> <laughs> this right. is just not but, how this works. <laughs> but they get props for creativity because it was an entire boss. It was a boss fight. It was an entire fight <laughs> on a bus, which I haven't seen in a while. You like you see fights on trains all the time, but a fight that's that's taking place inside and outside of a bus, especially a um, a two sectioned bus, is pretty unique. So I got I got to give them props on that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely, that was, that was, even though um, I was a little removed, that was one of my favorite fight scenes in the movie, um, I think. It really started off the movie very well with that, um, yeah. showing uh, not, not just his ability, but, like, even more of the relationship that he has with, um, with Katie. Yeah, absolutely. So... The next thing I'll talk about is just the thing I... There's only two parts. One isn't a big deal. One is nitpicky, and I, I can uh, I can ask you um, if you felt the same way or you noticed it, and the other one's a little bit big. I'll start with the nitpicky one first. When they're in... So normally with the movie, it established that certain characters speak Mandarin when they're with each other and no one else is around to, like, hear them, and uh, that would benefit from them speaking English. And so when they were in the other world, the magical world, and the moment right before Shang-Chi and his father start to fight, they have this very emotional conversation about, like, um, if he's going to be stopped or whatever. And in that moment, it felt weird to me that they weren't speaking Mandarin and that they were speaking English because there was no one else around and it was just the two of them. And And the movie made a point of showing that these characters would speak Mandarin with each other when they were alone, especially when he was a kid. So that felt weird to me. It's very nitpicky, but like, did that bother you, or do you think that that made sense and that wasn't a big deal? I don't think it was a very big deal to me um, because I know that when you speak English and Chinese, you often switch back and forth depending on like how you feel. <laughs> sometimes it just comes to you. Sometimes you're just able to express it in one language better than the other way. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it honestly, it didn't really bother me. It was more... Um, I was looking more at, like, I thought that he... Uh, that Katie was helping him learn English. So I was like, how come he doesn't have an accent? But then they explained it later... Um, because his dad um, actually was like asking him, "Have you been practicing your English?" Right. So we know that um, it, it's that they grew up with both languages, learning both languages. So it's it, to me, it makes sense that it would they would switch back and forth. Okay, and then yeah, and then my other um, thing, and this was actually more of a bigger thing, or more yeah, more of a big thing is that I. So I love the movie up until a point. I personally am not a big fan of the CGI monster battle that happens at the end of the movie. I I like fights with people. I like seeing the physical 
connection and battling of um and the and the connection between the father and son there's a lot of emotion behind that i found myself not caring as much about this spiritual cgi monster that is kind of connected to the plot but has no real connection to shang chi himself and that whole end section with the dragon and the cthulhu dragon felt very hollow to me and i didn't it, it almost felt like a Disney movie at that point to me, and I didn't enjoy that as much as I enjoyed the rest of the movie. Yeah, I did think it was a little weird, because um, there's even this part where, like, the dragon drops them off on the shore, and they don't even turn around and thank him for, like, everything. I'm just like, <laughs> okay, so he just attacks the cab to you. Um, <laughs> but at the same time... Um, I kind of liked that they had it. Uh, I I would agree that it was a little hollow, um, but I was also more okay with it than I thought I would be, Um, probably just because I was excited to see a dragon um, in the movie in that that capacity. Because, like, that's how, you know, uh, it just feels familiar to me because, like, it's definitely like I felt like the dragon was a higher being that was worshipped, and that is often how um, they are portrayed in um, in Chinese dramas, where they are like a being that we can't communicate with, but they exist and we worship them. But we and they just come in and they do a thing for us, and then they go off back to their their place because that's they they that's what they do for us. Um, so I wasn't too. Um, I guess distracted by it because uh, that is kind of how they are portrayed in uh, some Chinese dramas. So, yeah. Uh, but I did feel like it was weird when they, when the dragon dropped dropped them off. <laughs> and I really like. I have to say, um, I liked the CGI hair, the red hair on the dragon. I thought that was really cool. I. I, I was like, that's um, a lot of detail that they put in there. Yeah, no, agreed. Like, I think the way the dragon looked was good. Um, and even the animation for how it moved, how it was very serpent-like and how we've seen, like, because Chinese dragons are very different than European dragons, right? Like, mm-hmm. they have a different look to them and they move differently. So, like, seeing it move on screen and how well it was animated, I thought that was very very good um but yeah i just found myself having a little disconnect with that portion of the movie just because it like like i said before like it just felt a little hollow to me but you know that was just the one part for me everything else in the movie for the most part i absolutely enjoyed and i think that i think the movie did a really good job yeah i was um i was like i said earlier i'm happy with it i'm happy with the job that they did for it um and that like there's a there's a really good movie out there that is an American movie and has an Asian cast in it, and it's not all about being Asian. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just people, right? Yeah. That happen to be. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, like um, that's basically everything that I had to like really say. Is there anything else that you had that you really wanted to? get off your chest before we get out of here um there's some stuff that i think we can talk a little bit more about later 
Um, but I did want to point out that um, that uh, I I thought that there were a lot of funny moments in this movie. Um, though I know we didn't really get to touch on it, but there were a lot of uh, good jokes. Um, I forget his last name, but Ronnie's in it, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, and, and Wong was in it, uh, Benedict Wong from, um, Doctor Strange, uh, was in it, uh, a nice connector to the Marvel Universe. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just really well-crafted. Uh, I think Aquafina did a good job. Um, I know you don't, you're not like a huge Aquafina fan, but I think she did a, like, spot-on job in this movie. It was very bad. Like... You know, even not really enjoying her that much in other things, like in this movie, I thought she was fine. Like there was nothing about her that bothered me. Like in it, in all honesty, I think her character is super relatable. Um, her her struggle with wanting to find something that she's good at, but also not wanting to just do a thing just because people tell her that that's what she needs to do, mm-hmm. like. It felt like a very quote unquote millennial mindset, but it's a mindset that I share and that I can relate to as somebody who's spent the better part of his adult life trying to figure out what he wants to do and to do things that are more creative and things that are fun because that's what's important to him. And so that being part of her struggle and her journey made it so that she was a character that I could relate to. And therefore I kind of really enjoy her character in this movie yeah i definitely felt very connected to the characters so and that's that's also another achievement i think and really nice to have for um and a mostly asian cast (laughs) movie um it's just so overall like good that um i'm just proud that they made it and i'm happy that they made it and that they made it well uh i i felt um like justice has been served (laughs) right yeah and even those struggles that we're talking about aren't specifically asian struggles they are struggles that people have and that is the great thing about it it's like yes these are asian people but asian people also have problems just like everybody else because at the end of the day they are people Mm -hmm. with the evil dads that are a thousand years old Evil dads uh, <laughs> with rings on their arms. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and call it there. Where This one ran a little bit long, but I mean, we knew it was going to with everything we wanted to talk about. We'll talk about uh, it for a little bit longer on our stream. So if you guys want to check out more of our conversation on the movie, you can check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash C3films. But for now, we're going to go ahead and cut out of here. What did you guys think about Shang-Chi? Did you see it in theaters when it came out? Did you watch it on Disney Plus? Did you enjoy the representation that was in this movie? Did you feel connected if you're from San Francisco and watched it? Whatever you thought about the movie, comment below. Let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Cheryl, and we'll see you all next time.